for a bit. Um, so I'm going to Mexico. Woo! Hot, hot. I'm going to Mexico. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm wearing my special shirt. I think it's one of a kind. It's one of a kind. Um, so good morning. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name is Dallas Williams. Um, and usually, like this morning, you see my wife up here giving announcements. But today, you get a Williams twofer. So it's a, it's a good day for you. Um, but um, if you haven't, um, um, well, if you haven't met me, that's who I am. If you have met me, I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, what are you doing up there? And wow, we must be really, really desperate at this time. Um, but you're not making for the door yet, so um, I, I thank you for that. Um, if, you're, if you're watching online, um, like my mom, hi mom, hi dad, love you. Um, you can leave the room and I won't even know, um, and that's, that's fine too. Um, I just want to start this morning, uh, let's, let's pray uh, real quick here. Uh, Jesus, I just thank you for being present. Um, I pray you'll uh, use me this morning and speak through me. Um, thank you for loving us, God, and just open the ears and the hearts of everyone here. Um, and I thank you for your grace. In your name, amen. So um, I'm up here today because I'm going to talk about community and because I have a more comfortable chair than you. Um, it seemed like the best place to sit today. Um, so I'm a big fan of community, and I'll take a minute. So you're a lot of people out there. I'm good with like you know five minute burst of, of comedy. So I'll talk about what it is, what community is, and how to get true, authentic Christian community. The goal with community is to achieve something that we find at the end of Acts two. Acts 2, 42 through 47 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Authentic Christian community. There are three separate things. But without authenticity, the two others fall short, Christianity and community. So I'm going to take a look at these this morning and define them, but we're going to do it backwards. We're going to start with community. So community, we're all complicated people, and we live complicated lives, and somewhere in all the complexity of our lives, we learn to interpret the world around us to ultimately find security and to feel safe. Kristen spoke a couple weeks ago um, about the lenses that we, we see through. And, and Melody spoke about how we see ourselves and our perception of ourselves and how we see things around us in turn determines the relationships we have. Are we curious? Are we resistant? Are we confident or defensive? Do we ask or do we tell? Are things bright or are they dim? 
We are created to have others around us, not to be in isolation, but to be in relationship, to be supported and to support, to laugh and to engage with others. We are made for this thing that is called community. But what is it exactly? And more to the point, what is the church version of this community? If you have community, whether you want it or not, whether it is good or whether it is bad, and you participate in it whether you want to or not, community simply is. And according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it's simply defined as a unified body of individuals living in a particular area. You live in a place, you have community. Ferndale, it's a community. It's also defined as a group of people with a common interest or characteristic together within a larger society or community. So you have, in Ferndale, we have our community of, of retired persons. If you're retired, you're part of that community. If you're a student, you have the community of, of students and your peers. Here at CTK Ferndale, we have the community of CTK Ferndale, a community within a larger part of society. The third way it's defined is a body of persons and or professionals that have the same interests that are scattered throughout society. Uh, the scientific community, the larger Christian community as a whole. Um, a couple of my favorites are the Star Wars community. Um, and of course, uh, the community of coffee connoisseurs and coffee geeks. A couple of my uh, larger communities that I proudly um, am a part of. So we're all in a community. You can have a community without authenticity and without Christianity. Community just is. But those are pretty dry definitions of community and do not express the life-giving community that we are meant to have. Can we agree on our definition of community this morning? Okay. So I want to move on to Christianity, the definition of Christianity. What does it mean to be a Christian? So culture may offer a variety of definitions that it will define as Christianity. But I'm going to share with you a biblical definition. And I would guess that most of us in this room or online um, could probably tell me what this is. But I'm going to do this, just in case, through a quick little story. So a long time ago, in the country of Judea, in the town of Bethlehem, there was a manger. Or there was a stall, a stable. And in that stable was a manger. And that manger was filled with hay. And that hay was for the calf and for its mama and for a family of animals that lived in that stable. One night, a donkey came into town, and that donkey was carrying a virgin named Mary along with her betrothed named Joseph, and they made their way to that stable. Meanwhile, out in the field, there were shepherds keeping watch over their sheep with their trusty sheepdog, when suddenly a bright star shone above them in the sky. But out in the east, wise men saw this star, and they grabbed their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they hopped on their camels, and they started heading west. And back in the fields, angels appeared to the shepherds, and they said, don't be afraid, because they were freaked out. They said, a Savior is born, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find him wrapped in, wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And so they left their fields, and they went to that stable, to, their merit, to the manger, where they found baby Jesus, Mary had just given birth. And Jesus grew up. He lived his life as a Jewish man. 
followed in Joseph's footsteps as a carpenter. He experienced the joys and the sorrows of life, all the time being fully man and fully God. At the age of 30, he began a public ministry where he began healing people and preaching and sharing a new vision of what he had in store for us. And this made some people angry. And the people that didn't like him, they came together and they had him killed. They had him crucified on a Friday morning. They nailed him to a cross and he took his last breath. They took him down that same Friday and they put him in a tomb. And he was in that tomb on Friday. He was dead through Saturday and into Sunday. But Sunday morning, he rose from the dead and he walked out of that tomb, proclaiming victory over death and sin. He spent some time hanging out with people after he rose from the dead. And then he ascended to heaven, giving us a new direction and a new way to live. So Christianity is simply knowing and believing that Jesus was born of a virgin, was fully God, fully man, died to take our sins, rose again. If you believe that, and you put your faith in that, and you say, Jesus, forgive me for what I've done, that is what Christianity is. Can we agree on that definition? So and if you've done that, you have community in the larger sense of the Christian community. But this is not simply the community we were made for. We were meant to have something real, tangible, authentic. So what is it to be authentic or to have authenticity? I gotta get some water. But I got it right here. I don't have to go too far. So some of you were first introduced to me, for better or worse, at one of our annual Chili Bowl competitions, where I was handed a mic against someone's better judgment, and I made fun of Rich and his chili that was not good, <laughs> that he had bragged about for the preceding months about how he was going to win. And we're awarding the prizes, third, play, third place, second place, and he's getting all excited. And I said, Rich, why don't you come up here? I'm going to win. And he lost. His terrible chili came in last place again. And I pointed this out. And some of you thought with a gasp, oh, what a horrible person. You're just making fun of our pastor. And yet here I am today. Um, I'm still a horrible person. Um, Sometimes without a filter, spontaneous, and somewhat unpredictable. But that's just one side of the die that's known as Dallas. To be authentic is to be genuine, to be sincere, not fake. It's hard for us as humans to be authentic. It's risky. It's vulnerable. It allows space to be wounded. Yes, it does. It allows space to be hurt, but it also allows room for hope. It allows room for help. It allows room to be deeply understood, and maybe more importantly, to understand. It takes his willingness to be wounded, to be known, to be authentic, 
in order to experience the type of relationships and community that we were created to have. And we need this to thrive and to grow. Um, by speaking about myself, about my experiences, about what I know to be true, not because I read it or I saw it or I watched it, but because I lived it. So walk with me here a minute. I'm insecure and I'm prideful. I get angry and I have a bad mouth. I like cocktails and cigars. And in church I was taught I was not supposed to be this way. And like with the chili incident, chili gate if you will, <laughs> I became known to some of you. Some know me for my quick quips and humorous antidotes and that I sometimes inappropriately interject. Some of you know me because of my three kids. Some through casual conversations that we have here and there. And this is how I also know many of you. But with most of you, I do not have truly deep, authentic connection or relationship. Simply because we don't really know each other. And at times, I have not been sure if who I am fits into the mold of the church. Many of us wear a different face, a mask, at different times. We wear it for work. We wear it when we come to church. We wear it for family or for friends, for our parents, for our children. We wear it for ease and for status and safety and security. We wear it for our reputation. We wear it for all kinds of reasons. We don't always do it consciously, do it without knowing it, and it's not continually. But we are each wearing one of these masks today to some degree, based on what we think others around us want, want us to be. The thing is, who are we fooling? Who do we really want to know who we are? And who knows us regardless of that mask, that face that we wear? God sees us, and he knows us when we are alone as well as when we are not. And God loves all that we are because he created us and he knows us. So if God loves us and loves who we are, why do we not share that with the people that are around us? One of my favorite theologians is Paul Hewson. He's better known as Bono, the lead singer of U2. You laugh, but he is a brilliant theologian. Look him up. Read some of his stuff. Um, he has a great understanding of who Jesus is to him in his life. One of the things that he says is that God is so much more interested in who I am than who I want to be. And we all are interested in who we want to be. We have a tendency to love who we want to be instead of sharing and loving who we are. When we are genuine, authentic, real, we open ourselves up to be loved like God loves us by those that we are authentic with. So why are we so shy letting people not, not know the real us, the authentic us? Because it takes time, it takes willingness, vulnerability, and it takes it on both parts. You have to be willing to be vulnerable with others, and you have to be willing to be interested in others. Without a reciprocal relationship, the authenticity and likelihood of true community dies. When there is a thriving, authentic Christian community, it's contagious and draws people in. If we look at Acts 2.42 again, I read it in the beginning, and we're going to look at it again. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. They devoted themselves to fellowship 
and to breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to time together and sharing their lives with one another. And awe came upon every soul. This is before they did anything else. The next line says, Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Awe and wonder came upon everybody before that. It came upon fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Does that mean you're supposed to go sell everything and give it to everybody else? No. But you're supposed to take what you have, the resources that you're given, and use them to serve others in any way that they have need. You support one another. You encourage one another. You share what you have with each other. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Attending the temple, going to church and worshiping, and breaking bread in their homes. We started this passage with fellowship and breaking bread. Two verses later, they're fellowshipping and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. In the New Living Translation, it says, with great joy. They had joy spending time together and eating together. And this passage, that's the only thing that's mentioned twice. Eating, hanging out. It brings joy and awe. They're praising God and having favor with all the people. They're having favor with all the people, not because of a weekend service, not because of a cool program, not because of a good youth group, not because of a nice flyer, not because our online service rocked. They had it because of what people saw in the relationships with one another. The joy that they had eating together, hanging out together, laughing together, playing games together, this is what draw people in. And people had favor with them. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those being saved because of what the people saw. And they said, I want that. How do you find this authenticity? Where does it come from? Well, it takes some work. Not going to lie. You will never find it just sitting there. It will not happen if you wait for it to come to you. You have to be willing to take a step and open up. In the church, this is often through small groups or serving teams. It can be through inviting another family over for dinner or realizing your kids' friends you know, get along, so maybe you should get to know your kids' friends' parents. Finding ways to connect with each other. It happens when you make yourself available, and it will change the way you see the church and how you interact with the church. You will find you have something valuable at stake. When we moved to Whatcom County a long time ago, 97, we didn't know anybody, so... The first week in town, we joined a young marriage small group at the very first church we attended. I don't know if that was, like, good thinking or not, but we did it. Because uh, we knew we needed to connect somehow. 25 years later, they're still some of the best friends that we have, uh, our closest friends. Um, and we've been in different groups throughout the years. Not all of them are amazing or life-altering, but they all offered a chance in practical ways 
to experience community, to practice being real, to practice being authentic with one another. They all, they all offered a glimpse of true community. Maybe you've tried a small group, um, and you've said, meh, but you wanted it to be elective. So you said, it's not for me. Well, you got to try again, my friend, because maybe, maybe it wasn't the group, because you were meant to be in community. Maybe it was you. Maybe you're the one that needs to open up and make yourself willing and vulnerable. If it was the wrong group, go try another. There's people out there that you will connect with, so go try again. Now, we've been in the same group here at CTK Ferndale for a couple years. Some of the other families in the group have been part of CTK Ferndale from the beginning of CTK Ferndale. And we've known them for a decade, but we've only been in a group for the last couple years with them. That time of knowing them at church did not create community. It did not create closeness or a bond with them. Being around somebody every weekend doesn't build a relationship. But sharing a meal every week, opening up about my struggles, as well as listening to others, it's deepened that commitment to each other and the community that is our small group. I know these people so much better, and I love them so much more than I did when it was a, hey, how you doing this week? One of the biggest lies that we're led to believe is that your problems, my problems, my sins, my struggles, my sorrows, they're all uniquely mine. We must bear this alone because no one understands what I'm going through. I've been shown time and time again that that is not the case. I am not so special that my issues are so unique to mankind that no one could ever understand me. But until I share or give the opportunity for someone else to share their wounds and struggles, will I begin to understand that I am not alone. Guess what I've learned? I've learned that I'm not the only dad who struggles to connect with his kids. I'm not the only one who worries about pushing them away, who regrets temper flares and anger and words flung out in hate. I'm not the only husband who regrets the way I've treated my wife at times. I'm not the only one who rehashes conversations under my breath, reliving conflict and conversation and eats me up inside. I'm not the only man who struggles with lust and anger and laziness and pride. But until I make myself available and take off that mask that says I'm fine, I will never get to experience the truth that is community. The community of others who know what it is to be part of this fallen world and struggle just like me to seek God like he has intended. Authentic Christian community. To know what it is, you must allow yourself to be genuine, to be open, to be real. It is the key to a life in a community that is thriving. It is the key to allow others to see what life with Christ is and draw others towards Jesus. Jesus wanted us to love others and share what we had with one another. To be involved in one another's life, not just to shake some hands, listen to a speaker, drive home, and close our garage door behind us until the next weekend. Romans 12, 9 through 13 says, Let love be genuine. Hate what's evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. 
Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Love the Lord. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Love one another in brotherly love. Let love be genuine. Outdo one another in honor. Sounds a lot like community. Don't be slow in being excited and joyful. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be quick to have joy. Contribute to the needs of each other. Show hospitality. That is community. Now I can tell you my long-winded explanation of community here and what it is to be involved. And maybe it's difficult to, uh, to grasp it all because I meander sometimes. Uh, so maybe to help you grasp it, I'm going to tell it from a different perspective in a little story. This is from the perspective of a boy growing up in Germany who loved soccer. He would do anything to go to a game and to see it live. Watching it on TV was great, but when it was a home game, the idea of seeing it live was too much to bear. This meant going to the hilltop outside the stadium where he'd see the game, and watching it from the hilltop was so much more than sitting at home. The sounds, the smells, the excitement in the air, it became alive. It gave him the desire for more. Oh, to be inside the stadium, to be in the stands themselves. And so he decided... The next home game, he was going to do what he needed to get a ticket and to get inside that stadium. He got in, and the feeling was electric. All the senses were alive. It was so much more than he ever thought it could be, so much more than the hilltop. And then he noticed something. On the field was a photographer, and he thought, if only I could get on the field and experience this even closer. So he did. One day, he stepped onto the field with his camera and credentials and experienced the game he loved at a distance that as a boy watching it on TV or the hilltop, he could never have imagined. And this is a picture of authentic Christian community that we should seek. You will not know what you are missing until you get inside. You can only get so much from the TV or the hilltop looking in. It's my hope that you desire to be in the stadium and even on the field in a relationship with others. I want to close with a text uh, I got a, from a member of our small group, Art Sierra, who was up here playing his, his Gibson this morning. Um, he and his wife have been uh, planning ahead, planning their future, um, which involves moving um, after their daughter's out of high school, just the next step in life. Um, and this is month, uh, sent me this as they were uh, planning for their future. So this is the message he sent me. I'm conflicted and not sure what's going on inside my head. Last summer when we came to eastern Washington and I drove around looking at areas to build, to move, after Kate finishes high school, I had zero issues. Today, a month ago. Even though it was a beautiful day and I found an area that I really liked, the excitement of possibility mo possibly moving here is gone. It doesn't feel like home. Now that may change in the next two years, who knows. But I think the change in my feelings may be because I'm invested in the church, with the praise band, with men's Bible study group, and our Monday small group. 
Art went from an attendee to being involved and finding community. And when you find community, it changes your priorities. It makes you want something more and something different. Authentic Christian community changes lives. It feeds the way, it feeds us in a way that we're meant to live and to be fulfilled. Pray with me. Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the way you modeled community. You shared a new way to live and to love others. You surrounded yourself with community, and you were an example of community. I pray that as we go from here today, each one of us um, will have heard some words that you spoke through me. Uh, that each of us will find a community to be involved in, people that will love us, be willing to open up, and be willing to listen and be interested in others. God, I just thank you for being real and being loving and being present. In your name, amen.